Well, hello, Masters of You. Welcome back to another episode. So thanks for tuning in again. Uh, This week, I have a really cool conversation and episode for you. I'm talking to high performance coach Stephen Ash. So Stephen began his training career at the age of 10 in Taekwondo and he achieved his first Dan black belt at age 14. And he went on to successfully teach his own classes for nearly 15 years. He designed his own syllabus to black belt and has trained thousands of students. And then he has also gone on to study Wing Chun, Praying Mantis, uh, Qigong and weapon training and many other martial arts. Uh, Since around the year 2000, he's worked his way to the top of the UK kettlebell industry and he was the author of the first ever Reps Recognised Kettlebell course and author of the UK's first comprehensive DVDs on kettlebell instruction. Steve has personally trained fitness professionals, celebrities, rock groups, the police, the military, company directors and thousands of the general public. As well as doing that, he's also achieved world records, uh, mainly in the sphere of weightlifting, including a single arm barbell snatch. I'd love to see that, actually. Uh, So um, he's accredited over 2,000 qualified kettlebell instructors. And now, today, he helps people find inner peace through mindset coaching. So we go into that, we delve into that, and we talk about a whole host of different things that I think that you will find really useful, helpful, important. Enjoy. Okay, Stephen. Stephen Ash, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Mastering You. And Hello. thank you so much for, for jumping on. Um, we, we just had a quick chit chat and just getting to know each other a little bit better. We sort of, I think we sort of been, we, we had that Facebook relationship, don't we? didn't we? Where <laughs> yeah. You kind of know the person, but you've never had a proper conversation. So it's really good to have the proper conversation. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about social media and the upsides and downsides to it yeah, as well. Sure but, um, yeah, I mean, just just briefly. Uh, obviously, I've just shared shared your intro, but you know, just share you know your, a, a quick snippet of, of what got Stephen to where he is today, and what what drove you to where you are today, and what inspired you. I would say the best way to look at that is the question that I asked myself at the age of 38. Are you happy? And I didn't give a knee-jerk response and say, you know, I I use the Del Boy, only fours and horses. Yeah. All good. Cushy. (laughs) I really let that sink for two minutes without replying. And the first time I think I was truly honest with myself, I said, no, I wasn't happy. I've built up this repertoire of insane gym skills. You know, you you could travel the world and you wouldn't find another person that's done the craziness I've done in martial arts, grip, kettlebells, Olympic lifting, now sprinting. Yeah, I've seen it. It's impressive. Ninjas, circus monkey, doing all kinds of stuff. And if I'm honest, that probably kept me out of jail because there was a rage inside me because I'd never been taught how to manage 
my mind and my emotions. There was this constant push, push, push to be better, to be seen as someone, to hide away the inferiority, the shyness. And all of a sudden I thought, well, look at all of this craziness you, you can do in the gym. You know, we're talking British and world records with stuff. What if you put that same focus into that gym, a bit of inner size, we call it. And I haven't had a bad day in six years. Hand on wow. heart, I, I am at peace. 90%. I'm not a robot. I'm not Zen. I don't levitate. I am at peace 90% of the time. So I've got to ask, got to ask a question that I always ask all of our clients. I've always, you know, I, I'm a bit obsessed about what's that thing? What's that thing when we get a client and they just, they just go and they just follow every step and they, they change their life or you know, that what was the thing that made you ask that simple question? Obviously, it is a simple question, but we can all ask that. But there obviously was a sequence of maybe events or experiences that got to the point where you were, you were, had the courage to ask yourself the, the truth, <laughs> I guess, own up to the truth. Yeah. I think, in a very good question. I think, in a way, I was able to sit and reflect deeply. I've always been a deep thinker but it's deep on surface level stuff that potentially wasn't that important. This was the first time I sat with self in non-judgment of what arises. If you, if you consider a map of who we are, how we operate, what we bring to this moment, our family, education, social interactions, what literally flies through that movie screen 24-7, I was able to sit with that in non-judgment and really accept myself completely. And that was the big turning point realizing that I didn't need to impress anyone because all those walls were doing that I thought were protecting me, keeping people out, because that's what a prison is for. It keeps you in. It doesn't keep other people out. And no one really wants to break into a prison, do they? <laughs> the inside want to get out. So I'd put all these structures in place. You know, if you could do this, I could do that. You could, this guy does so-and-so, yeah, but I can do that. I always had something. I had to be you know, I was very competitive and I just sat with all of that and there was a massive exhalation, literally to life, where I surrendered. I accepted myself. I realized I was good enough that I didn't have to impress anyone. And that map, the reason I mentioned the map is because there were many aspects, shall we say, the deep, dark corners that I wasn't willing to explore. Mm. who I was, what I brought to this moment, relationships, you know, triggers, reactions, whatever it was, things I'd done. To sit with that in non-judgment and accept it is the only way you set yourself free that so you can actually do what you are here to do. Well, so, if, sorry, apologies if I missed it. What, was there a specific thing that got you to ask that question or do you, was it just a culmination of... of of thinking and deep thinking over time which which got you to the point where you're like you know what i really need to think about this deeply and, and take mm. action on it it's interesting you say that because initially i didn't think that it's just like this random thing popped up and the question arrived All right but i think if i look a little deeper at what happened maybe the mechanisms that led towards it i was certain that how i was carrying on 
not only wasn't sustainable for the next however many years I had on this planet, but also wasn't tapping my gifts and talents. I was living out of, you know, we hear alignment, not in some quantum, yeah, yeah. Blue, you know, not yeah. stepping on anyone's toes, but there's a lot of stuff out there which doesn't help people. It keeps them trapped. I was out of alignment with who I was and why I was here. And I actually come full circle because all of my time, effort and energy went into physical training. And I switched off from that for probably two to three years. And I purely focused on, on mindset, mental development, awareness, language, beliefs, you name it. You know, I've done lectures, presentations, wrote, nearly finished a book. You know, they, they've been busy on that front. And it wasn't until I'd actually experienced both paths to a high level, done, walked the path, done the work, mm. fell over, smashed my nose, got up, carried on, hit the dead ends, asked what the hell is it all about and woke up and sat there at three in the morning thinking what's the point it wasn't until i'd been along both of those journeys that i realized we are a mind body and for me the pinnacle of human existence is to have a vehicle that you can rely on and a mind that is aware and at peace now that may take you a long time to get there but trust me that is the most beneficial thing you can ever do for yourself and your loved ones. Nice, nice. What, what, a lot of people, I mean, interesting, it's quite, it's quite timely because I, I podcast last week, um, the lady, um, Tiffany, was talking about authenticity and having the courage to be authentic. Yeah. And do you think, would you agree that, that in this day and age with the advent of social media and lots of ego and lots of distraction mm. it's harder than ever for people to live um, again a woo-woo term but an authentic life you know <laughs> I, I completely agree and i've mentioned this several times because if you think about you, you go back to when we were kids um you know you had no insight into any celebrity or anyone that you knew liked and followed and, and respected you know now you can just click on their profile and see where they live, what they do, what they had to eat, and you get the inner workings of all of these people. And the big danger there is you get to see people living the, the dream, shall we say. I, I hate that, but it kind of yeah. fits. <laughs> and you've then got that comparison of poor little me stuck at home sheltering from COVID. <laughs> you know, that's the reality we face now. It's potentially worrying about their job and career and, and everything else. Because we've got this shiny object syndrome. And I think the, the best thing, the healthiest thing you can do is when you are at least aware of embarking upon a journey of comparison, see it as something where you are pleased for their talent. I'll give you an example. I took a sprint in a year ago. I'm never going to beat Usain Bolt. I'm 45. It ain't happening. I've got big goals for that. Instead of me seeing elite sprinters as people to hate because they've got the edge and I'll never do it and I started late, I look at them as absolute inspiration of not only what the human potential can achieve, but something to me, for me to aim towards. And knowing that I'll never get to the elite world-class Olympic status, I can at least get to the best version of mm. my capabilities. So I, I see someone doing their thing in excellence and I think, wow, do you know what? Thank you for showing me that. What is potential? rather than getting angry. And that's the big thing. Do you compare yourself with the little old me can't do this? Or do you compare yourself with the that's really inspiring? 
Yeah, I think and I think that's a great like point to go off of. of the, obviously, the saying, uh, what's it, comparisons, the, the biggest thief of joy, Definitely. or on those terms. And I think, you know, I think I, I agree with that I don't know about you, but I think with um, what I'm interested in is how do people flip their mind? What, what, firstly, what's going on in someone's mindset when, let's say they look at, maybe they want to lose a stone or, or two stone and, and, you know, they see a, a body shape that they, they think, oh, that looks, that, that's where I'd want to get to. Yeah. What's the difference between the person that, that actually is, reacts to that and gets angry about that and compares themselves and, and puts themselves down and, and actually goes into a, a bigger hole mm-hmm. because they're comparing compared to someone that looks at that and is inspired and is like, wow, that is what I want to do. That's, that's who that I, I, what is, what's going on there? How can that person, if someone's listening to this right now and they, they find themselves scrolling social media and mm-hmm. they're constantly seeing people's highlights, they're seeing, seeing great bodies, they're seeing where it doesn't have to be body, it could be career. And they constantly find themselves getting pulled down and feeling crap about themselves because they're mm-hmm. not at that stage. What, what is that difference? Do you want the short answer and then we go digging? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. One's growing flowers and one's watering weeds. Okay, like it. Let's, uh... Two sides of the same coin. Let's go into that. Think of the language. I hate the fact that I'm fat and I'm desperate to change it. It's an internalized hatred of self. Number two, I'm going to accept responsibility for myself and invest in health. Never mention fat, hate, anger, desperation to change. The path is dictated by the inner language, the dialogue, the narrative. You cannot hate yourself happy and you will never hate yourself fit and healthy. Mm, I like that. A lot of people are spending their time with a spotlight on the very thing that they do not want and are desperate to get rid of. Therefore, all they do is walk to the weeds. I hate the way I look at that. I had a client that actually referred to herself as the fat pig in the mirror. I hate the fat pig. And I said, How's, give, give me an insight into your thought program. Well, I, said, I hate the fat pig in the mirror. I'm desperate to lose weight. I'm sick and tired of the pills and potions I'm on from the doctor to manage this, that, and the ailments from this, and then the side effects from the things for this and that. And I said, stop. Did you mention one word focused on what you actually want as healthy? bang penny dropped mm. she's in an arena it's arena it's an arena of self-loathing it's an arena of hating where i am where you are is now what you are present to if you hate now in this present moment you're desperate to escape it meaning there is a non-acceptance of self that never turns out well trust me i've walked it for many 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 years as soon as you we're not we're not saying love yourself off the bat, it takes a long time to get there, but at least like yourself. At least let the noise between you and the reflection in the mirror disappear long enough for you to say, hand on heart, we've had a rough ride, I'm gonna take care of you. I'm committed, I'm gonna look after you and meet your needs. That's a very different way of operating in the world. And very I guess- different way of showing up. Yeah, and I guess the, the issue is when, when someone's in the weeds, it's hard to get out. That's and all so, they know. 
Yeah, and so they keep picking weeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are these weeds coming from? Like, well, you keep not only do you water them, you talk about them, you tell your friends about them, you post on social media about them. You won't be able to open your door in six months. And and to some extent, you know, it's very easy, you know, for all of us. But if you get stuck in the weeds, to people get I don't know I find people get really comfortable with the struggle. Hmm almost like it should be hard work because there's some penance to pay for being the way I am. Yeah. And they, they'd rather put up with um, a struggle, you know, constant struggle or comparison. If we're talking about social media, than than like the, the, the bandaid approach of, of, of mm. doing the real hard work quickly, but the yeah. longer term benefits are far higher and and if you can get away from the weeds get into the flowers and start looking at posts of people that you know you're motivated inspired by Mm -hmm. and and like wow rather than like you know what is she doing what training program is she doing what what nutrition is she doing what what are her mindsets um Mm -hmm. you know obviously and also you can't know much of that stuff because obviously a lot of people are only going to show the highlights so you know the honest answer to most of that it doesn't matter Mm. It's distraction, it's shiny object, and it's taking you out of your place of power where you realize that as an adult, you don't need to be told what to eat. Shop mindfully. Think twice, because if it goes in the car and on the plate and in your face, at what stage weren't you aware of what was the consequence of your actions? Yeah. This is the thing. We don't need umpteen coaches to tell people how to manage life at a basic level. For me, there's several things. Good hydration, nutrition. If you look at diet from the Greek, diet is way of life. Diet here is some intervention because you've ballsed up almost some clinical surgical approach to fix what's wrong. Diet's way of life. Exercise. There are degrees of exercise. I know I've done most of them. You know, for, for most people, that little bit of walk and maybe up in the tempo to get a sweat on, a bit of mobility, body weight stuff is all you need. You're not here to be an athlete. You're here to put in several months of work to build solid foundations. And I say this to everyone, if you are building a skyscraper, what's more important, the building or the foundations? And few people realize that it's actually the foundations because you don't see them. Mm. We almost trust that this invisible thing can support the whole structure through whatever happens. And this is why I say to people, you don't need a great big periodized program or some magical PhD diet plan or a Zen monk to teach you meditation, mindfulness and journaling. Where can I improve these base, almost the plinth stones of that foundation, sleep, nutrition, hydration, being able to sit with yourself without going bang because someone said something or you saw something or you hate the way you feel, you know, managing your emotions. Where can I win 5% on each of those? Because as soon as you raise that base level across all regions, you're a different person. Yeah. Okay. That's well, you... small wins that create a massive win in three months' time. I had. I had um, so one one question I had is um, one of the one of your descriptions of of what you deliver as a coach is inner peace, right? Yeah. Um, That's the love, goal for all clients. I'd love to get an idea of what your sort of definition if you like or what inner what does inner peace mean what's the what if you're just trying to describe that to someone that's so far off 
yeah. understanding that this because let's face it well i feel to some extent like we and you myself and other coaches we're in this like slightly different world to a lot of other people mm-hmm. and one of my missions with the podcast like this is to expose the good side yeah. to because there are some not so good sides but well, we know that but there's be yin and yang and everything right yeah even that would be water in the weeds though wouldn't it we all know that there's a yeah. should we say the dark side of the fitness and health industry as we touched on earlier and i think that's an admirable thing because my philosophy is very simple can i leave someone better than i found them not through judgment because they're in a bad place and i'm a super coach and they need my help but if there's a bit of uncertainty, anxiety, worry, they, they really do need to own their health at a bit of a more responsible and a deeper level. Can I give them the tools to be able to take action and at least raise themselves one, two or three steps? To answer your question, what is in a piece? Having no resistance to this moment. Okay, I like that. That, that for me is the goal of life. And if you look at Eckhart Tolle, he often has a, a big flower on the desk next to him at a talk. You know, people wandering and sitting down and he says, the goal for your life is that flower. And everyone's kind of, you know, what's, what's this guy on? <laughs> the flower is fully present to this moment and cannot be anywhere else. It isn't fighting for survival. It isn't in competition with anything. It is in a state of being. That's the goal for you guys as well. Mm. It's going to take a while to get there. For me, inner peace is it's letting go of a lot of things. And this is the thing with meditation. Meditation is very misunderstood and actively avoided by a lot of people. We've got a big problem of going to work and not getting paid. And with meditation, we've got this strange understanding of how do i do something that doesn't have an end goal because it, it is a goalless pursuit there's no you know I've, I've meditated for long enough and now I've, you know i've reached wizard level 50 status far from it meditation is actually the path to inner peace it's switching off the noise and it's actively checking in with self and having no resistance to what surfaces and if you look at Blaise Pascal, he said most of man's problems could be f- resolved if we were able to sit in a room alone for 10 minutes. <laughs> and that for me is so true. And you only realize it these, is at the moment. <laughs> you realize these nuggets of information because most of our suffering, if you think about it, with our weapons of mass distraction, the phone and the tablet and Netflix and wow. YouTube and social media, we're, we're touching to that now. We've actually given this moment where peace exists where love where 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 power exists where the creative spark exists you know you can't be anywhere else physically you are bound to this moment yet your head is a wonderful teleport system Mm. of everything you hate that went wrong and you wish you could change and everything that might fall over tomorrow and you'll be judged and shamed and feel guilty so when you reel yourself in and realize that all you've really got is now the beauty of that is in understanding most of our pain comes from being mentally hijacked. And I get people to look at a very simple question. Is what you are feeling being caused by what's in the now, the room with you, 
And if it isn't, then you know that you've been hijacked by thought. Why? The brain treats everything that passes through that screen as real. Because if you look at the primal, you know, the reason we evolved from the caves, you quite often don't get a second chance with a major mistake. So you hear a rustle, you jump, it could be a snake in the bush. You hear a roar, you panic. Not thinking, I've seen them YouTube videos with the pranksters, I know it's not real. <laughs> you, you know, a balloon goes bang, you jump and you're, you're at attention and ready. Because we don't get, we, we treat stuff as real because quite often we don't get a second chance. You've got to react immediately. And this is the big thing. The distraction is often the head. Most of our suffering comes from being away or believing what's playing in that studio more than what is in the, the moment with us or at a deeper level, our capabilities that confirm we can actually do a thing. Opening a business, not difficult. Going to uni, taking up music lessons, learning the language. Asking that person you've seen several times on a date, it might be a life partner. You could have an amazing life together. Could be an ax murderer, who knows? But you know, life's, life's roulette. <laughs> Here's the thing. We miss out on so many things because instead of acting, we're thinking about thinking and consequences. Mm. And that shuts off our options. And for me, it's so important to realize what are the consequences of this? And that's the amazing thing about that prefrontal cortex. Where does this lead? Should I do X, Y, or Z? And that's a game changer for most people. Shopping, eating, missing the gym to watch their favorite soap. What are the consequences? You know, we don't expect a robot, but for you to show up 70 to, I use 70 to 80%, 70% if you can self-manage and you're not a death store. 80% if you roll up and you've got big health problems to deal with and the doctor said, you know, get your stuff in order. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. And that was what I was trying to get to earlier is like when I'm always intrigued with when that, that you know, I've, I've had it multiple times over the last 12 years where someone would say, I, I went to the doctors and they basically said, if I don't change my ways, then I won't live yeah. to see another decade or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess, I guess for people, you know, a lot of people maybe don't, unfortunately, don't get even get to that point and, mm. and, and go too far into the dark to, to get back into the light. Mm. You know, because maybe they're just running so many stories in their head that they've got so many patterns of behavior that are sort of concreted down that to, to kind of try and explain self-awareness practices or, you know, understanding self that, that even just talking to them in, in any tone of that, that in itself would be rebelled or rejected because mm. that they're in this complete, almost like another dimension type thing. It's like, you know, yeah. um, how, how do you, how would you talk to someone in, in terms of waking them up? I suppose it would be quite yeah. maybe a brutal way of putting it, but um, you, you know, sometimes you've got to be cool to be kind, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. Let me do that in a moment and finish the story earlier. Cause I mentioned that we've actually got a negative label for this moment. What do yeah. we, what do we call it when nothing's going on? Boredom. Boredom. Yeah. <laughs> And we don't want to be bored, so we've got to be busy. And the problem is the fact that we're busy all the time means that we're never present in a state of acceptance with what's going on in the head and what's going on in the body, thoughts and emotions. Mm. That's the game changer for me. What I, I mean, I've actually walked a client through the graveyard and I said, you're here soon, make it a good story. Bang. They got the message. 
Yeah. I said, when are you going to show up as the actor in your life instead of the, the, the shadow, the person sitting there thinking, what's this all about? Literally, you know, people are extras in their own existence. You just, sorry to interrupt, you just reminded me, so it's really strange that you just said that, because I, I, you know when sometimes you wake up in the morning and you just, you just have a thought, it's just like there, yeah. and this, I said, why? I had this thought, so I had to write it down in my head, it just came to me, because obviously a lot of people that come to us, they want to lose weight, they want to, they want to get fit, but mm -hmm. they lack motivation, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just kind of thought to myself, I wrote this down, if you don't have the motivation to live a healthy and fitter and energized life, then maybe you want to question what your motivation is towards yeah. living sickness and, and, and disease and reduced lifespan. Yeah. And it kind of, kind of just kind of, because if you're not going to go for, if you're not going for one, you're by default going for the other, mm. right? Absolutely. Um, but you haven't maybe told the truth enough to, realize that that's actually that's mm. actually the journey that you're going and you just you just you may not have consciously made that choice that oh i want to have a reduced lifespan and less energy and and less success but <laughs> again it comes back to self-awareness it comes back to yeah. sorry i interrupted you there <laughs> no, no no i mean i think that the key thing there is honesty mm. the moment you can be honest with yourself and as we mentioned earlier, with the consequences of your actions across time, you can then own it. And I think the big thing is there's no alarm state in obesity until you have cardiac arrest or something like that. Yeah. Because you don't gain 50 kilos overnight, do you? And all of a sudden, the, 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 the belt doesn't quite go in, so we add a notch or we get the bigger size from the catalogue or, you know, we've... We go, we go black and baggy to hide the roles and all of that business. And I think where there's no, if I, as, as a sprinter, as an athlete, as, as someone that's life is based on health and fitness, if I woke up tomorrow, 18 stone and didn't look like Schwarzenegger and I couldn't run and I'm wobbling about sweating and getting out of breath, goodness me, you watch me fix that because that is my alarm going bang. Yet for most people, there's never an alarm state. There's a discomfort, there's an internalization of guilt and shame, there's an anger, but never enough to stop us in our tracks and get us to ask and answer that most powerful question. When are you going to step up and deal with this? This is your vehicle, this is your life. You are potentially chopping years off of your existence. Think about your children, your grandchildren. Maybe you want to be here for them. And as soon as you get them to see it, as a big picture rather than my best dress or jeans don't fit anymore. As soon as I see the gravity of where this, in the nicest way, but it comes across with impact, where this train crash is going to end up and who it's going to take with them, they get out of that illusion that poor little old me that can't do anything about this and doesn't deserve it because I wasn't loved and I've got self-esteem issues, all of that. It's pushed to one side and you boldly say, right, off we go. What do I need to do? Who do I need to call? What do I need to join, sign up for? Who do I need to work with? And you start taking action. Yeah. And, and also, would you agree, like, you know, you just use the example of if you woke up 18 stone, you know, and If shape, I woke up morbidly obese, yeah. But, but what, what I was going to say is, um, would you say part of that motivation comes from the fact that you've, you've been to that place of mm. health and well-being and fitness 
you've, you've experienced how it feels. There was, there was a moment, I did a seminar years ago called the How They Did It, um, where I interviewed some of our top transformers. Yeah. And there was, a, there was one line, one guy had lost sort of five stone with us in the space of maybe six months or something. Quite incredibly sort of mm. changes his life. And there's a line that's never for, I've never forgotten, which is, um, I didn't realize how crap I felt until I started feeling this good. <laughs> and it's such a simple, obvious line, but he, yeah. he didn't realize that that feeling of energy, vibrancy, you know, he'd get home from work and he'd go do some gardening, whereas previously yeah. he wouldn't have the energy. He'd just slump Come on the sofa yeah. and yeah. open a can or, or, you know. And I would say to people, look, you, you often don't know what you don't know. So it's like if you go to on a holiday resort and someone, you know, that you've never tried before, you may hate it, but you might also love it. And that's the big thing with kids and new foods as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's so, very true. And I mean, was, was, it, was it Socrates that said what a shame it is for an adult to not realize the strength and fitness that the body can achieve? Mm. Now, we don't have to be Olympic athletes, but I ask a question. And, and, you know, for people listening in, you know, we're talking about body weight and fat and we're not overweight. And someone could, oh, but these guys, you know, it's a bit much. I hate myself and they're fat shaming. Far from it. This comes from compassion and love just sometimes a sledgehammer around the head moves you faster forwards and some nice tender caressing words do i say to people is your vehicle something that you can rely on or a burden now if it's not medical and you can't do anything about it then guess what the good news is you can do something about it it's just where's your level of commitment and you've got to really focus on your level of happiness with what you have compared to the awareness of what life will be like, the power of language, once you've achieved the goals. You know, summer hits and we're sitting there sweating. We don't want to move. We're puffing and blowing, going up the stairs. We don't want people looking at us. We feel shame and judged. What if you can get rid of all of that and arrive with confidence and let your story of who you were and who you are now and the journey of completion and success have incredible impact on many people that are exactly where you were and also didn't believe they could do it. Mm. So, so I'd like to go, and go into a couple of bits in there and pick that apart a little bit. Mm. You mentioned obesity a few times. You know, One of our big missions at LPT is to have a massive impact on Absolutely. What, I, what I would say is you know, the, the reduction of healthcare needs yeah. by helping people increase or optimize their self-care requirements it's one of our sort of missions for me it's all about independence well i was going to say so you know obviously we, we do have an obesity epidemic it doesn't seem yeah. to be getting much better what what do we need to do as a society what needs to change Stephen? to it's a question that i constantly i'm mean, obviously yeah. we, we work on a local level but, you know, we want to have the biggest impact we can. This is why we do things like these podcasts. What can we do? What, what needs to happen? What, if we're parents, you know, obviously I believe that as parents, we need to be role models and leaders because mm -hmm. obviously it's the younger generation coming through yeah. that 
if they have these stories, if you want to call them that, of these experiences, mm-hmm. it's not going to set them up. They're going to have to go through the 10, 20 years of personal development mm-hmm. to, to reprogram their mind. How do we get away from all that and, and start building a healthier, fitter society? The big thing for me is it all comes down to a personal education. You see, when we are with, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but doctors, they do something like four hours of nutrition on their, their course to become a GP. Mm. Now, surely, knowing the power of nutrition and then adding stress management into that, you know, you don't need to see a psychiatrist or get a degree in psychology. But if you were to look at things like, um, even in school, awareness, self-awareness, the power of language, non-violent communication Mm. but also the darker side which I hesitate to use of manipulation and stuff like that so that you are aware and as an aware individual you go out into the world confident and then what happens is instead of being angry at mum and dad that handed down stuff from your grandparents that you're now stuck with you can look at that maybe with a little bit of compassion and forgiveness and instead of being angry and carrying that rock on your shoulders for the rest of your life you can say, you know what? I can't change what's happened, but it ends with me. I'm going to do the work so that I don't pass this on to my kids. And as you rightfully said, and I say to a lot of women, I say, what's more important, your happiness or your children? And what do you think they say? All of them say their kids. All of them say their kids, which is understandable because we do anything for, I've got three kids. And I would literally die for any one of them this second. Obviously, once the podcast is finished, but, you know that that that's where I'm at, and I wouldn't even question that. That is that that's the circle of life. And then I say to them, it's actually your happiness. And when I give the reasons for that, you start to see the tears rolling, and they surrender almost to a state of acceptance, where this that they're going to show up as the healthy parent for those children because i said they've got mirror neurons they map and monitor what's happening with you what are you teaching them about acceptance health love self-worth self-esteem and all of a sudden it is it is it's a lot to take in you literally see it's like they've been hit by a, a tsunami there's some of them struggle to breathe almost and, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a firm believer that there's a toolbox and wherever you are, there's something in there that's going to get you to, to step forwards. And that's the big reality check for me because you know, most people do have kids. If you hate, and I, I know we're not going to whittle it down if you're not at peace. If you hate yourself and are desperate to lose weight and feel like a failure, what are you teaching those children? Day in and day out. Not just spoken and visually, but unconsciously. It, as soon as we take ownership and responsibility for this vehicle, and as I'm sure you'll agree, it's not rocket science. Just moving that compass off a few degrees is a different destination in six months' time. Basic self-maintenance. Look at I, I, I say to people, do a time-motion study. Monday morning, Sunday evening, what happens? Because if you're watching EastEnders, Omnibus and everything else and desperate to lose weight, I can see where time could be better invested. Mm. No one wants more EastEnders on the desk. What was it? What was it you called it? A time? 
time and motion study. So you're gonna you got sleep and you got work and you got stuff and hobbies and maybe you got to the gym and there's evaluating where you you're investing Absolutely. your time. Where yeah. unless you've got a visual on where your time goes, mm. largely just float through life doing mm. stuff and say, okay, do you know what? I I can I can walk there and I can recover and I can get a gym session in here and then my legs might ache. So I'll do something else here and then I've got the weekend yeah. off. And, and guess what that does? It doesn't change your life in one day and it doesn't change your life in one month. But I bet you in six, so here's the thing. If you rock up to university and you're registered on a course, there's a good chance that in three years time, you've got your smile and your certificate. You can't get it in six months and you can't get it by not going. Should you want to change your health, literally, what are you doing to action that? And if the answer is nothing apart from get angry at what I have and complain, then the spotlight's just been shone on you. And instead of looking for somewhere to run away and hide and escape, step up and say, yeah, you got me. It's, it's on me. It's on me. This whole thing is on me. Because let's be honest, how many people are medically obese and can't do a thing about it? A tiny fraction. Mm, yeah. It isn't a conscious choice to be obese, far from it. But it almost isn't an unconscious choice because it doesn't just happen. It's a predictable path of bit too busy, bit of neglect, bit of slacking and stuff. Just It just happens and we get caught up in the motions and all of a sudden we've got a belly. When was the right time to start addressing this? Probably a lot earlier than now. So instead of feeling angry about that and beating yourself up, now is still the best time to address it. And that motion yeah. study shows you, well, I do this and I do that. You're sitting there on your phone building a bloody farm. <laughs> you're angry at this dude video on, on, on YouTube. What? I, I, I'm not judging people. And but. this is, I was just going to say that, like, you know, anyone listening to this, know that neither of us are, are, have any judgment because we are, we are, in, we are. Moving people forwards. Yeah. Well, we're just, we're just a project you know uh, what I was going to say a product of our environment right and unfortunately uh, I don't know about you I believe in today to t today's world to be fit healthy um, energized successful I feel like you probably are swimming against the tide more than we ever have done yes um, and you it's have to just accept sense. that's just a truth it's not yeah. that you know, it's just the way it is. Like 50, 60 years ago, you couldn't get the fast food. You couldn't click one button and have yeah. stuff, food sent to your house. You had to walk places. You, mm. had to, you had to move your body. You didn't have much choice but to eat most whole foods. Yeah. Whereas now we're bombarded with the Convenience. advertising and, and the ease of everything. And so mm. we've got to swim a little bit. We've got to, we've got to mm. accept that each day, you're going to have to go for a slightly stronger swim maybe than our, you know, our grandparents, perhaps, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. Yeah. They, they may have had it harder. They, they probably Absolutely. told us they had it hard and they probably did, but you know what, what, what's wrong with having it hard? What, what's the point of life if we're not having to, to put some effort into work a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, this, that ties in very nicely with stress, which is actively avoided by most people. And you even get signed off for work if you've got stress. I mean, you're, you're yeah. by the looks of it, you're you in a gym. Are you, you got your, your yeah, this is our reception, so. so yeah, you're in a gym. What is the only thing that happens in that gym if you boil it down? 
Stress. People Stress. raise homeostasis above base level. Mm. If you're on a treadmill, a rower, chucking a ball, lifting the bar, pulling yourself up, you are always elevated from sitting on the couch doing nothing. Rest of the metabolism has gone up. You are stressing the system so that adaptation takes place. Why is that any different in any other area of life? Instead of actively avoiding stress, face discomfort and you'll be surprised what you're capable of. Okay, so that, that brings up a controversial potentially topic of is, is, is the issue of stress, anxiety, dare I say it in some cases, depression, and even entitlement, is it that these are real issues or are they labels for we've lost we're losing resilience if you look at i mean certain mental disorders shall we say are very real but what i would say there is look at the label that you give a thing because that largely is going to empower it and the thing i, I call it on, on the shelf behind me you've got godzilla when godzilla's in the room poor little you has to run away very fast now, example, anxiety. I think it's a good time to touch on that, as you mentioned there. Anxiety, very real for a lot of people. But it can be a ball and chain around the neck. We're not denying it exists, but what if you were to change the way you paint that picture? From, I'm feel, I can't do that, I'm anxious. To, do you know what? I'm feeling nervous now. So can you see that we haven't, we haven't disregarded, we're not thing. tricking the system, we're not pretending. Mm. We're just maybe giving it a more beneficial description that can allow us to take action because anxiety by default is a state that can freeze you, cripple you and lead to non-action. And this is why most people have issues with doing multiple things. Oh, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. So what about, I'm, I'm, being very nervous, being slightly nervous, being a little bit wobbly. They're all modifiers of the same thing. You know, we've got a volume dial. We're just turning that down a bit. So if you were to say, and an honor, and that's the thing with sitting with self in non-judgment, it's not I feel anxious and I shouldn't because then there's something wrong with you that you want to get rid of and you're looking for perfection that doesn't exist. Instead of, oh, I'm anxious. Right now I'm feeling nervous. And that's okay. It'll pass. But the big thing is you can still act despite how you feel unless you are in a situation that owns your life completely mm. and then it's very real because it's in front of you and you've got to do stuff but most of the time it's the thought of what if and it's never here with us it's here and it's about reeling yourself back in to realize you've been hijacked with a narrative that is actively producing the biochemistry you're experiencing and there's that little boiling loop. I call it the Bunsen burner with a beaker because you feel a certain way and you don't like that. And that makes you angry and the feelings increase and it goes up and up and up. And you need to run out of the kitchen that's now on fire to see yes. yourself in non-judgment. That's the big one for me. These uh, things exist. They are real. But what I say to people is, is there a way of modifying that so that you can better manage it? And there's a very powerful one for depression. Instead of, I am depressed. I have depression. See, it's a part of you rather than the self. I am depressed. 
the entirety of the system is depressed. Most of the time. Whereas I have to, because there are times when you're not depressed and you probably feel great. So guess what? It's not a broken leg that can't be fixed. It's a thing that chops and changes. Yeah, and these, these labels can be used as crutches, can't they? So Definitely. easily. People can actually get, a, I can't remember who it was. It was, um, I think it was Zig Ziglar. He said, people get addicted to their sickness. Because mm. if I get rid of it, I've got nobody to talk to and nothing to talk about. <laughs> it becomes the only channel I live on. Mm. It becomes all you know. You water weed so much, you have a guy, you have an acre of weeds. There's nothing else in there. So we've got, you know, just, so it's always good to have a few practical kind of strategies. So you've mentioned that the importance of watching your inner dialogue, watching your language. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm imagining that to, one of the, the practices that you recommend for this is, is journaling, is it? I hardly ever journal, if I'm honest. And I, I don't meditate that much either because most of the time I'm present. But what I'd say to people, sit with self and be okay with what arises. That's the big one. Instead of having a thought that you are certain you shouldn't have and feeling a certain way that you've been told is wrong, realize that it's only actions that have consequences you know you can't be locked up yet for what you think we haven't hit full 1984 what you think stays in what you feel stays in when you act and potentially do stuff that has repercussions then there are real dangers but most of the time what you think and what you feel are largely down to your interpretation instead of being desperate to get rid of them sit with them until you understand them because most of the time you realize that they're clouds passing in the sky and they only have the power you give them. So that, that brings a nice point that we were going to talk about, which is perceived fear or perceived threat. This, That's this, a big this, one. It's a big one in, well, it is right now, right? You know, yeah. uh, the, the biggest depression we've ever seen, the biggest recession we've ever seen, yeah. sickness, death rates, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, you name it, it's happening. It's all going on. Yeah. Um, but tell me what, what it, just before we start this podcast, you know, you're, you've got your own sort of definition on, yeah. on fear and threat. For me, fear is, I, I see posts on fear every day to the tune of everything you want on the other side of fear. You've just got to overcome fear. Fear doesn't exist. Fear is the big problem you've got to walk through your fears and you know, all, all almost denying that fear exists as a thing it's like well you know we've got this error in the system and we've got to get rid of it right? fear is very real fears the reason you and i are existing on this chat at the moment fears the reason we left the caves fears the reason we gathered as nomadic hunter gatherers as a collective and built societies an element of caution because of real consequences you didn't pet the saber-toothed kitty, you know, there were <laughs> real things going on. But the big thing now is we live in a society, and there's a great book by Yuval Noah Harari on sapiens, and he said, mm. if you look at the you look at the big cats, I can't remember if he said the lion or the tiger, you know, an apex predator that has literally spent three million years climbing to the top of the food chain. And all of a sudden, we invent guns. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm adding a bit. We invent guns, we invent locked doors, and we invent buildings. 
bang, all of a sudden we're catapulted as the apex top of the food chain. But we haven't earned it. <laughs> yeah. We haven't done the graph to get there and deserve it. And there's such a radar. And this is the big thing. Most of us are terrified of what's going to happen next and ruin this moment. You know, if it all kicks off, if the emergency goes, if the, it's almost sitting on that heartbeat of, you know, you're sitting there with a brew. You know, ironically, I have a Starbucks mug. You're in a coffee shop at peace, safe. And you can almost feel an anxiety attack kicking in. Yeah. You know, you've got your heart going, there's this big spotlight on self, you're aware. And, and the thing is here, is we do largely, obviously we're in you know, unprecedented, shall we say, times. You know, no one could have predicted this six months ago. But most of the time for most people, there's a, there's a level of peace. They go to work, they come home, they watch the telly, they see their families and in-laws and whatever shop at the weekend and fix the garden and the car breaks down. And there's bumps on the radar, but there's never a bang where you're, whoa, I got to do stuff. And the reason for that is most people have never experienced true paralyzing, it could end your life fear. Yet every day they've got fear. Mm. Let me dig a little deeper on the surface. There's a fear of public speaking. There's a fear of doing live videos. There's a fear of doing a podcast because someone might hate you. There's a fear of doing everything and the thing is as well is it has the power you give it in terms of the descriptive label my book potentially is going to be called it was never fear because in most instances for most people most of the time it isn't fear what you've got is you have labeled a situation in such a big way that you are now desperate to escape it and for me there is a yardstick there that confirms whether or not it's true fear can that situation end your life? Or is there a monetary figure that can get you to take action on the thing that you say you don't want to do? For example, the biggest fear for most people is public speaking. We've all been there, we've had a wobble, we've got on stage, we've been in a group, in, you know, just Joe's next to you, and then John, and then Mary, and you're Steve from so-and-so, and, -so, and you're, your heart's racing, and you're thinking, I'm, I'm, in a, <laughs> I'm at a conference talking, introducing myself, why am I nervous? That's another podcast in itself. But for me, fear is very real. If you're face to face with a wild animal that could kill you, you're probably gonna be paralyzed. Fear of public speaking. Could you step on stage for a million pounds and talk about something you're passionate about in front of a small group for 25 minutes? Of course you bloody could. But I bet you could also do it if a frog marched you on with a shotgun behind you. Mm but I bet you wouldn't swim in a shark infested waters that hadn't been fed for three days. That's the difference. No one dies from public speaking or going live on Facebook or putting content out or asking a partner on a date or talking to their boss about a rise or complaining in a restaurant or having a difficult conversation with their spouse. The reason we fail to act is because we create the monster that now terrifies us when what we actually had was a very whittled down version of fear. What did we have? We had nervousness, we had worry, we had doubt, and we would rather not do it if given the choice. Guess what that does? Your toes in the door, you can still step in the arena. Mm. Through fear, wallop, you have gone. Your fight, flight, freeze mode, sympathetic state. You've got the option of defending your life 
or running fast. If the situation yeah. demands that from you, then I can guarantee you, you are probably going to face real fear. Where so a big, a big part of that is, is unpacking the fear, right? It's understanding and that it probably wasn't present in the first place. Mm. It existed because you chose to give it that label. I can guarantee you, if you wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm feeling really depressed at the moment. In six months' time, you're in the doctors getting tablets and you're not leaving the house at much. Rather than saying, you know what, I feel right. I feel crap today. But that's okay. Tomorrow's another day. And I bet it even passes at lunchtime because some people write off the whole day by 11 in the morning. Be, be aware of the consequences of your language. Yeah, the lang so it sounds like language, labeling, they're the big, big topics massive, for you, right? Massive. They, mm. they stop people from taking action on most things, but they are also the way in to take action. I'm curious then, when does this start, Stephen? When do we go from being, you know, kids and happy-go-lucky and, you know, my, my little boys, I just started doing a little bit of rock climbing he's got yeah. absolutely no fear <laughs> to, to the point where it's it's dangerous he, he wanted to go up without the harness and obviously that's a great reminder for everyone is, yes. is fear is amazing we need fear if you you wouldn't be alive right now without fear it's saving your life daily fear is essential it, mm. it's not as required now as it was if you were to teleport back a hundred thousand years mm. I mean, a great movie is The Croods, the Disney's kind of caveman family. Dad rolls this great big rock in front of the cave, rolls it away in the morning, and they all tiptoe. <laughs> and you think, there's fear personified. Yeah, I, w I went for a run uh, the other day, a weekend, and uh, the, the, on my route, um, there's this really steep hill. Mm. And it's always, there's just never anyone on it. or any. Yeah. So I always do five or six hill sprints up and down as fast as I can. And then I just carry on my, my slow my slow jog. This happened to be on the last sprint. I was coming down, and um, and just out of nowhere, uh, a tractor was was next to me. Literally, like it, I, it was my fault. It was my fault. Like I was, you know, I, I just I've been been there so many times. It's always dead. Yeah. And I had my earphones on, you know, so I didn't hear it because obviously a tractor's yeah. huge. I think he presumed that he I would hear. And, um, but something kicked in. It was almost like I didn't hear it, but I felt it. Whether it was my visual system just caught it and my body just catapulted out of the way without, and like, it was about six seconds later, I was like, ah, oh, that was my, my, my reptilian brain was kicking in there really well for me. Like, yeah, wow, that was, that was quite lucky that I've got that part of the brain. Yeah. <laughs> And it is and thing, I mean, hopefully that makes sense and helps people because a lot of people haven't actually experienced true fear in their life ever. You know, if you've had, if you've had a gun aimed at you and been mugged or robbed or, you know, you've, I'll give you a great example of fear. You, you're turning the corner and there is a truck coming towards you, flashing those headlights and you, one of you's got a swerve and you know, you know, you get that and you are flooded, adrenaline, cortisol, you're primed, you're primed for action. That is the fear response to a situation that could literally wipe you out. Yeah. Not, not doing a live video to your group of 10 people and you're feeling a bit wobbly. But, you know, not, not, not to judge you or anyone, but, you know, when you understand that it only is as big, you know, you, you create the monster. That's how powerful we are. The beauty of this is understanding that you're the architect. It's your show. 
you're not just a little set at the back and pull the cords. You're the screenwriter, you're the director, you're the actor and actress. And when we realize that the whole show is ours, we get to have fun. Instead of creating monsters that keep you away, how about visualizing the success of you taking action? That's a very different way of looking at things. So for someone that does struggle really bad with anxiety, what, what, what language patterns should they be really watching out for? What, what, should they, what, what can they do to start changing the yeah. story? I would look more at their interpretations and judgments of how they're feeling. So we, we know it, it wells up. You've got, the, you've got the great washing machine in the stomach. The, maybe the pulse kicks in in the side of the head. You've got the shallowness of breath, person sitting on your chest kind of thing. Great Siberian itch, cold sweat, jittery palms, whatever it is that kicks in. And ask yourself, what is it that's happening in my head to reinforce this? Because your mind has wandered off into a possible future situation and the consequences of a situation that's producing this. And what I do with a huge amount of people is to get them to be very honest with what is in here compared to what is in here. And I say to them, right, for you, for you to put this in neutral, you've got to understand the discrepancy between your inner studio and this moment. What in the room is causing how you feel? Well, nothing. I'm sitting in you know, <laughs> four walls of window and a laptop. You know, I'm not at gunpoint or under threat. There's no King Cobras in here. Far from it. So you be the been, Godzilla in the back. Not a Godzilla. <laughs> You've been wandering off. First and foremost, you don't have a tug of war with yourself and get angry because that doesn't resolve anything. You accept the fact that the mind, the monkey mind, the chip mind, the primal, whatever it is, the it it did it. It's it's like when you've had a filling and the tongue keeps exploring the tooth. You know, mm. the mind you can't stop the mind. It wanders off and does things, largely unconsciously, and then all of a sudden it pops up and you're the result of that journey is, is how you feel and you're now, oh, that shouldn't have happened and I hate the way I feel. I've got to fix it and get rid of it. No, accept it and be at peace with it. And then guess what? You can, you can, you can wind that dial down. Have you ever suffered from anxiety? Um, no, I can't say I have. I mean, if, if I, well, I probably have, but I'd never labeled it. So probably, to some extent, I probably suffer with anxiety every day. But I would never, I would never use that as a la that label. Would you like to run through a live technique that I'm sure will benefit your listeners of how to better manage a perceived episode of anxiety? Yeah, fantastic. Okay, close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Exhale. And I want you to imagine a very real situation that has happened in the past or a perceived situation in the future. Now, obviously this all depends on how good you are at visualizing, you know, we're obviously not, not putting the voodoo on things, but stuff like a business collapsing or losing a loved one, having serious health issues. You know, these are all real things that can happen to a lot of people. Spend some time allowing your mind to wander into that cinema. And the key thing we are after is some physiological feedback. The tightness in the chest, the washing machine in the stomach, the elevated pulse, the sweats, the jitters, the nervousness. And when you feel any sense of shift in your body, just give me a nod. 
So we're actively wanting you to walk into the worry tank. Now, when you're in that place, the last place you want to be is that place. So we're desperate to run away, meaning we never get to accept or understand. So I want you to repeat out loud after me. Right now, I'm feeling very nervous. Right now, I'm feeling very nervous. Notice we didn't say anxious, and notice we could have said extremely quiet or a little bit, or even worried. They're your modifiers that stop it becoming a big monster. So once more, right now, I'm feeling nervous. Right now, I'm feeling very nervous. I accept this completely. I accept this completely. My mind is looking after me and I'm grateful for it. My mind is looking after me, I'm grateful for it. It will pass as it always does. It will pass as it always does. Let me just shut the window as the birds are getting a bit lively outside. So again, take a deep breath. This is the thing with breath. You can manage breath. It is the bridge between conscious and unconscious and the main focus of Qigong and meditation. Why it does its thing when you're sleeping, but you can control it. It is a bridge between that conscious and unconscious. So massive breath in. Go fully in. Fully exhale to a state of surrender and acceptance to this moment. And confirm with absolute conviction what is going on. Right now, I'm feeling nervous and worried. Mm. Let's go. So repeat yeah. Right now, I'm feeling nervous Sorry. and worried. Right now, I'm feeling nervous and worried. I completely accept these feelings. I completely accept these feelings. My brain is looking out for me. My brain is looking out for me. They pass as they always have. They pass as they always have. And I will be back in control. And I will be back in control. Now, how does it feel having that narrative with self? I kind of felt it after the first bit. It was almost in the mid, even before the breath, kind of yeah. felt just that, almost like I'd taken a breath, just, just the narrative change in the mind. Mm -hmm. Just because, yeah, I mean... I don't even mind sharing my, 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 my visual. Like it, it was the um, being in the room when I was just before I was about to be diagnosed with cancer. So this is right. about 10 years ago. So waiting for, it was two weeks we we're waiting for to find out, you know, and obviously we, we had the bad news, but, <clears throat> and obviously when I did that practice then didn't make the, the situation go away. Yeah. It just, just felt like in the moment, yeah, felt like I could kind of just breathe a little. And that's the big thing with all of this work. When you can be home in a state of acceptance, you'll find that you can deal with so many more things better than you give yourself credit for. We don't need to run away everything. There's a, every time there's a, a blip on the radar. When you can sit and accept understand and also look at potential consequences we're in the driving seat we're not outside the arena eight miles away peering over the fence saying i know it all happens in there but who, who am i to want anything different how can i change any of this little old me yeah
Yeah, it's so it's so important. Um, and the theme the theme of many of our interviews like we've had with people that, that this topic of self awareness it just comes up time and time and time again. Massive. I, I guess just to finish off, just because I'm a little bit aware of your time, your yeah. time is um, going back to that question of when does it when does it kick in that we 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 start to well, maybe it's we never really understand. Like if we, like you said b- before, if we don't have the personal education to understand mm-hmm. this, and understand how the brain works, understand fear in a little bit more detail, um, you know, maybe, is it something that if we're not aware of from an early age, mm. then we're going to have to do the work at some point. Well, we're always okay. going to have to do the work. That that never changes, right? Mm. But but you know you can you can sort of maybe save yourself a lot of time Mm. i think that's a very good way of looking at it because instead of almost some entitlement of the government should provide it for me because we know the pitfalls what about taking ownership and doing it yourself that path Mm. doesn't exist you know why you've got to walk it that's why it doesn't exist you've got to create it the journey creates the person and the fact that it doesn't exist is why it is valued so much i mean here's an ironic story if everyone was healthy and at peace we'd have a new base level and we'd all want something better <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's so true it's so true yeah i, I mean um i've really enjoyed this Stephen. it's been it's a pleasure it's been awesome I, um i love fishing around in the mind because for me it is it's a passion of mine, peak performance, behavior, awareness. And, and it's almost as though all paths are geared towards the same place. We, you know, coming back to mentioning the meditation earlier or what is in a piece. For you to sit with self in acceptance, you've done most of what you'd ever need to do to resolve stuff in your life. But that just has to be a practice for people, doesn't it? It has to be... It doesn't just appear. You, you've got to do the work. Yeah. Got, yeah. And also you've got to do the work without the desperation of fixing what you hate. You've got to do it with compassion of I'm, I'm here to upscale and improve. Mm. It's got to come from the right place. Yeah. Why most diets fail? Because you can't hate yourself healthy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like we said, just before we jumped on, you know, all of these principles they all lead to the same place, don't they? Yeah. You know, the, the, the whole kind of quick fix diet or quick fix be a millionaire or quick fix, you yeah. know, success, they all end badly. <laughs> um, and it seems that, you know, uh, it seems that obviously a lot of, well, technology wise, everything can be super quick, you know? Yeah. You know, just doing this, you could even probably do this with the connections five six years ago no, and we can now broadband but um but it you know technology it's different to humans <laughs> the thing is the technology around us has rushed forwards but we haven't yeah and that's the big thing to realize anything you want in life that has value takes time yeah until until uh, elon musk puts uh, neurolinks in our brain <laughs> <laughs> and we just download this podcast via zoom <laughs> via our brain piano in 20 seconds <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly well um yeah i mean fantastic um great lessons there you know some, some lots of things for people to think about 
And, um, you know, where can people follow you, Stephen, for more of your insights and posts? Hit me up and on Facebook. Um, mess, honestly, just message me. I am approachable. I do care. I can sometimes be entertaining. You know, don't feel, if you've got a question, ask it. You'd be surprised. You know, I'm not here to hard sell you some amazing course that you desperately need. Far from it. You know, if I can move you forward simply with a, a quote, a reframe or a book recommendation, I'll do that. Because most people are simply waiting for permission to let go of who they think they should be. And that, that, that big breath, I mean, let's just finish on this. If everyone takes in, you included, if everyone takes a big breath through and hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, just before your eyes start to spin around. And then we've got that big X. How blissful was that big exhale? See, breath isn't important. It's, it's the letting go that's important. Yeah. And as soon as you can surrender and realize that you're not some outcast blemish on this world that's a jungle and trying to beat you flat, you are life on life. It's a symbiotic relationship. You are supported at every level and deserve to be here. Go out, have fun, create a legacy. Done. Oh, love it. Great way to finish. Thanks, Stephen.